So if you haven't noticed these days, if you've got a modern electronic device, chances are it's probably connected to the internet. From all our screens to devices around the home, through to farming equipment and machines in factories, they've all got devices hooked up to the internet to send data between them and make them smarter and make stuff happen. But what about in healthcare and aged care? The opportunity for the Internet of Things is huge. And today on the show, we're exploring the idea further with Pat Wheaton and Anthony Clark from the IoT Alliance Australia. In this episode, we're exploring what IoT is and how it's progressed over time, revolutionised a number of industries across Australia and the world, and the opportunities ahead of us in healthcare and the Internet of Things. Collaboration starts with the conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Birch, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Pat Wheaton and Anthony Clark from the IoT Alliance Australia which is the peak industry body representing the Internet of Things in Australia with over 500 participating organisations and 1,000 individual participants working across 12 different work streams. Pat and Anthony, how are you? Yeah, great. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for having us on the show. Good to have you. It's great to have two guests and uh, a conversation about IoT. It's something we've skirted on every now and then on the show, but never really done a full deep dive into it. So it's great to have you on. Let's get to know you a little bit more, Pat and Anthony. Tell us about you and your background. Let's start with Pat. Yeah, thanks, Pete. So there's not my country kit. This sort of seeded my passion for delivering health to regional and underserved groups. I did my undergrad in medical imaging. This gave me a great understanding of the role that technology can play within healthcare. And, you know, my clinical career gave me a really good understanding of all the different specialties and healthcare settings, you know, across public, private, community, both here and in the UK. I then spent many years at GE, you know, at the time, the big diversified industrial conglomerate. At GE, I learned, you know, really valuable commercial leadership and strategy skills. And at GE, I was really fortunate to work as a part of a kind of internal lean startup program. And one of the areas at the time was across the industrial businesses was this focus on the industrial internet. You know, and I love the opportunity to be able to work across different industrial businesses, aviation, water, transport, mining, to kind of learn from smart people and look to bring the experiences into solving problems in health. And then in 2016, I founded Core Connect Group. You know, we're a boutique consulting business. I get to work alongside some super smart advisors and we work on a broad range of projects. You know, usually with a focus on healthcare, but always with a focus on patient and people outcomes. In my spare time, I like to surf, mountain bike, and yeah, I've just recently started this co-chair position on the IOTAA health work stream. I'm really lucky to be kind of working with Anthony on that one. Love it. Can't wait to learn more about that. Anthony, tell us about you. Yeah, g'day, Pete. Enjoy the, the podcast. Great series. Thanks for having us on. So I'm uh, born and raised in Sydney, finished education through university here before heading off to the United States what I thought was going to be a uh, three to five year uh, working slash education experience. Well, that transitioned into a 25 year stint <laughs> up in the United States. But over that time, had the fortune of working for some Fortune 100 healthcare related companies. So some time with Philips Medical Systems, followed up with some time with General Electric. And then about 15 years ago, transitioned from the tech side of healthcare onto the provider side of healthcare. And since then, I've been in the radiology space, and that's sort of where Pat and I's paths crossed. 
so uh, bringing that to life, it's running, operating, owning, buying, selling radiology practices. Did that for quite a while before selling our business and moving recently back down to Australia, where I head up a small uh, Sydney-based radiology company here. But uh, like Pat, have had a passion for healthcare tech. My sort of spin is more on the wearables. I'm pretty active uh, like Pat cyclist, swimmer, runner, etc. And as you've shared on many of your podcasts, there's a plethora of healthcare data out there that's just not being utilized, right? There's just very little application, clinical acceptance for it. One of my passions is helping to sort of broaden that scope and get that happening. And I've seen the interaction with the IoT being a way to leverage some of that and expand, get a broader expansion of how we can sort of share things from other industries and apply them to healthcare. But the, uh, I think that from Pat and I's perspective, being involved in radiology is, uh, you know, for want of a better term, radiology and imaging is really basically application of health tech, right? I mean, it's collecting data, images, interpreting those images, and then providing a, a report at the end. Uh, radiology was one of the first healthcare segments to really adopt EMR with the utilization of the risk pack system, radiology information system, and picture archive communication system. So radiology has been digital for quite a while now. They're also one of the first segments in healthcare to, to adopt um, VR, voice recognition. So that's a pretty common application now. Also, hopefully, and likely to be one of the first to really get into AI and radiology positions itself quite well to leverage that technology. And we're starting to see quite a few applications of that. So we're both in a good space and good experience to be able to share some of that tech and then leverage what we're learning with uh, IoT and the other industries and sectors. Yeah, fascinating. Let's set the guardrails a little bit more for those that are less familiar with IoT and Internet of Things. Give us a bit of a refresher. What, what are we talking about here, Pat? Yeah, Pat, I think you gave a pretty good summary in your intro. Like For me, it's machines generating and exporting data. You know, it's data providing insights, and it's ultimately about sort of insights improving outcomes. I think some of the listeners might take a sceptical view of IoT. You know, it's been used as a marketing and positioning term, things like the industrial internet, smart machines, Web 3.0, all these kinds of terms I think probably haven't helped and created a bit of confusion. But within healthcare, we've got such a long track record, as Anthony says, like radiology has been, you know, utilizing technology and smart machines for decades. But in healthcare, I think, you know, I view IoT, you know, it's the systems that we use providing data to clinicians and operators to be able to improve outcomes. And we've got some great examples, right? So our CT scanners can tell you when they're likely to break down, right? So a part can be shipped in preparation. That increases uptime of the system and access for clinicians. You know, anesthetic machines, they can do precision adjustments of dosing, which increases safety and lowers the cost of consumables. You know, assets can be tracked around the hospital, Bluetooth, RFID, you know, and of course, you've covered really extensively on the podcast, the virtual care, the connected care setting, all these smart monitoring solutions, providing insights. In health, there's no shortage of applications, but from a sort of definition perspective, it's actually pretty tough in healthcare because ultimately in health, sort of everything comes back to a machine or a device, right? So clinicians constantly are relying on you know, in interacting with technology to help do their job. And so, you know, AI is a form of Internet of Things, taking the information from machines, supplying the algorithms to help provide insight. So it is tough in health to put guidelines around it, but broadly I kind of think of it as smart machines, data insights, and then sort of insights into action. I like how you've broadened out that 
definition a bit further to think about all those kind of functional things on a day to day. I know many when they think of IoT and healthcare might think of more fitness related stuff or the consumer devices like we've touched on already that are taking data, but the operations around a hospital or within a clinic are all kind of powered by things as well. But I'm keen to learn a bit more about the IoT AA as well. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, thanks, Pete. So, uh, look, as you mentioned in your intro, it's the peak industry body representing IoT in Australia, 500 participating companies and over a 1,000 individuals. It also applies over seven different sectors or industries, smart cities, food and ag, water, energy, transport, manufacturing, and, of course, health. So they're the core sort of industries, if you will. But overlaying all of those five enabler work streams, namely collaboration, data and privacy, security, interoperability, and then startups. And that's where I think Pat and I are really trying to leverage some of the expertise that other industries are potentially ahead of healthcare, and how can we apply some of those things back to healthcare. And we've seen some really remarkable things happening with smart cities, with data collections, and certainly other applications that really have cross-pollination and cross-transferability to healthcare, but for whatever reason, aren't being transferred Mm. over. Mm -hmm. I love hearing about people who get involved in these industry bodies or alliances or peak kind of groups related to what they do. Cause you know, it's not like they're a bit of, sometimes a bit of a glutton for punishment. Why did you guys get involved in the, in what you're doing? Anthony asked me, but in reality, the, the, <laughs> the thing that I missed after leaving big corporate was that opportunity to get perspectives from across different industries. And in the strategy work that I do, I always think that you need to understand the context of the setting that you're in, but it's also good to have a broad perspective and there's, you can always learn stuff from other smart people in other industries. So for me, my big motivation was kind of being in a position where we can help deliver some societal good by leveraging lessons and accessing some of smart people from different sectors. Yeah. I think from my perspective, it's too easy to get tied up in the day-to-day treadmill of your job and you just do what you need to do and sort of get on with it. But there's really, you have an opportunity to do something as broad as help position Australia to be a more globally relevant manufacturer, provider, developer of health IT. And that's something we have a unique opportunity. I think, uh, you know, Australia is such a phenomenal developer of technology through century of development, but we're maybe behind the scenes on uh, getting it deployed. Uh, mm. and getting recognized for that. And Pete, I guess another reason for me is, yeah, Annette and I share this background of having worked both on the technology provider and operator side. One of the things that I'd observed across advisory projects is that the opportunity is, is not often fully realized because the reality is there's this bad trust or information gap. And I know you spoke about it on one of your recent podcasts is this, you know, that there isn't always the opportunity for suppliers to get that direct knowledge and information from providers. So I could see a real opportunity for us to help play that role as an independent group in bringing together suppliers and providers to deliver outcomes. And I think that's one of the key opportunities for us. That was one of the things that was appealing for me to be involved. Love it. Such a good message. And I like how that's applicable we're obviously very focused on healthcare on this podcast, but hearing it across other verticals and work streams as well, that's obviously beneficial for the entire country. But I'm keen to learn a bit more about some of those other work streams and industries that you're involved with with the IOTAA and keen to learn about later how we might apply some of that to healthcare. So can you share some examples of, say, some successes or kind of wins that have occurred outside of healthcare from your work in the IOTAA? 
Yeah, so certainly, and we've only just sort of started our journey. So, but from our interactions to date, there's been some obvious examples of where the work streams have helped collaborate with industry to deliver outcomes. So, one example was IATAA worked alongside New South Wales Chief Data Scientist Ian Opperman and the Australian Computer Society on the development of data sharing framework. Then this is something that's been deployed and is in active use for sharing COVID data in New South Wales. So there's immediately kind of a health connection there. But And equally within the water work stream, so there's been this sort of digital water reference framework for the operational technologies within water, and that was collaboration across water utility providers. So there's this kind of framework policy opportunity, and there's been examples of where as an independent group, IOTAA has been able to either bring people together or to collaborate. And there's also examples, and you know, Ant mentioned those enabling work streams. So, and it reads like your kind of podcast list, Pete, doesn't it? Collaboration, <laughs> data, access, privacy, cybersecurity, yeah. interoperability, you know, startup. This is just they're common challenges across the industry whenever we look to use technology and data. And IATAA, even just by virtue of having those enabling work streams, they're sharing information and we're gathering insights. So, I think there's a lot of opportunity for us in this sort of work stream. We're only just kind of kicking off again. So I think that the opportunities are, are endless in learning from other industries. And one of the big ones recently has been the food and ag. And it's more your uh, quintessential use of IoT devices, right? So farmers now can very easily get hyperlocal weather sensing and monitoring. They can measure all sorts of different things, rainfall, soil, moisture content, uh, stock water trough levels they're getting all of this data and finally they're able to action it and use it and know when to seed their crops or when to let the the cows onto the pastures or when to to harvest and there are all these platforms that are getting developed for farmers so that they can do a lot of what they need to do remotely and it's all through data collection and things and so when we take that back to healthcare we look at, and you know my pet passion as mentioned is wearables we've got all this information that's being collected when you go to the doctor or go to a hospital but no one really cares about it or monitors it outside of those environments and i think uh, whether it's from population health or whether it's from an individual health perspective just getting some more uh, actionability making that data actionable is the key thing that we're looking at how we can do that I'm keen to learn a bit more then about, you know, application to healthcare specifically. Tell us a bit more about how you kind of see some of this being applied to healthcare part. Like you've mentioned previously, that there's no shortage of technology within health and it's been the same in other industries. So I think as much as anything, what we can learn from the other work streams is the approaches that work. It's the classic bring together the appropriate people shape the vision, trust in each other's abilities, you know, collaborate and focus on the end outcome. So for me, it's as much the approaches and you know winning strategies to deploy and succeed in this that are relevant. But certainly there's been some things that I have seen already that immediately I think, yeah, that'd be cool in health. Like recently we had a, an IOTAASA strategy day and Michelle Fitzgerald, who's the chief digital officer for City of Melbourne. So she spoke about this open data initiative that they've got. And, and you know, if you go on to Melbourne City Council, there's this open data, you'll see you can literally get access to live data on land use, pedestrian movement, street parking, all that kind of stuff. Like one, it's kind of relevant from a health service planning perspective, right? So if you're wanting to set up a community clinic, that data is relevant. But even if I just think of the opportunities from a population health perspective, and I know this challenge is massive and 
that certainly people have tried to work on and there's initiatives happening in this space. But if we could make data available from wearables, from, you know, obviously anonymized and in the appropriate, you know, shared in the appropriate frameworks, but if we could make all this population data available and then smart people can access it, there's no doubt solutions that'll be, emerge from that. So I think the lessons from approaches, the openness and transparency of data and encouraging innovation in the space are some things that we can learn. Like you mentioned, it's a bit of a tough slog sometimes in healthcare. And I know you've been engaging with some of those key operators and suppliers and stakeholders about their recent experiences, particularly in the last 18, 24 months with telehealth and everything, which then links through to remote monitoring and IoT. What are the, some of the barriers and issues you've heard firsthand from those players in healthcare when it comes to this space? Yeah. So as we were scoping up the kind of terms of reference for the work group, we got on the phone and spoke to people across the industry and there were some surprising and things this could have been expected, but some of the comments, right? So from innovators, this kind of position that it's tough to innovate for solutions in the Australian market because customers don't always know what frameworks and standards they need to comply with. So is kind of, I've got this great idea, we've got this great application for technology, but when we come to sell it, you know, each customer's got a slightly different interpretation of what security, interoperability and whatnot looks like. And I know there's certainly work having that space, but that was a comment we heard. The other interesting thing like from telehealth virtual care providers was, you know, there's no shortage of technology. The technology we've got can do the job and patients seem to be really keen and supportive of it, but it's actually acceptance from amongst the health practitioners that's the barrier right and for me i can see that that's an opportunity and a role that iotaa can play so you know as an independent group we can potentially bring together the perspectives from providers and operators and help create some of those frameworks and approaches that are consistent across the industry which in turn then might encourage innovation and investment uh, the other one, obviously, has been super topical is, you know, the reimbursement and the confidence around the sustainability of reimbursement for telehealth and other kind of technology-enabled solutions. So, you know, that's a tough one. I think the role maybe for us is just, again, helping to start the conversation and participate in things, but tackling reimbursement for health, it's not something we're going to take on alone, but we're certainly, you know, open to being involved. So when we spoke across different providers... It was that consistent you know, message of creating an evidence base for the use of technology, helping link that evidence base to reimbursement and creating an environment where innovation can happen locally, but with a global perspective. So certainly opportunities there when we speak in the market. Yeah, I like it. And what about you? Tell us a bit more about from your own experience in healthcare, some of those barriers and the role that IoT AA can play in overcoming them. Yeah. So sort of thanks, Pete. As Pat mentioned, you know, we truly believe by being independent, not for profit, and most importantly, by not having a vested interest. Mm. We're not trying to sell anyone anything. You know, we, we think we can uh, help align the, the manufacturers, vendors, healthcare providers, and of course, the regulators and the payers, both private and public. So, you know, I think one of the bigger things that we can potentially overcome being part of a bigger organization with IOTAA is the regulatory side of things. You know, we have access to not necessarily health, but certainly through other work stream, we have access to senior politicians, both local, state, federal, and we have a recognized voice there. So I think it's just giving us a medium and an opportunity to actually break through some of those barriers that sort of Pat mentioned. Yeah, love it. Makes a lot of sense. And so how can people find out more about 
IOTAA and, and get involved if they want to? Yeah. So uh, first place would be uh, we'll be hitting up the website, iot.org.au. I think you can also find more information about IOT on LinkedIn. And uh, Good domain, by the way. Sorry to <laughs> jump in. <laughs> Those three-letter ones are hard to get. Yeah. That's, uh, anyway, um, that's great. And I think hopefully uh, if people are up for it, they can drop Pat or I an email. I should be available at the link at the bottom of your uh, podcast somewhere. But, you know, just a reminder, we are a voluntary organization. So we're looking to get people to help us improve the health outcomes and, and leverage technology and IoT to sort of improve health outcomes. But yeah, so that's how, how to reach us. Is it primarily for those creating the solutions or broader stakeholders can participate as well from the health space? Yeah, we're actually looking for a broader perspective in the health space. I mean, we're looking for people that can actually sort of help us direct where we should be heading and some of the, the issues we should be addressing. So, you know, we've got participants so far from health IT, from manufacturing side of things, from the vendor side of things, from mm. the service providers to healthcare as well as doctors and clinicians themselves. So we've got a fairly broad base already, but looking to expand that for sure. And just on that, Pete, one of the other things that we've learned and observed from the other work streams is the work streams that have had the greatest impact have been those that have had a broad representation from demand and supply side. So we're really keen to see operators get involved and you know the opportunity for them is to learn from other industries, but also suppliers and innovators and universities, we've got some really good engagement from universities. And so I think having that, the opportunity from being an independent group, having broad participation is key. Uh, one thing that we do, it's a bit of a catch cry, a common statement we make is that we acknowledge that people have kind of got a vested interest, you know, and that vested interest in championing their particular cause that they're passionate about. What we just say is that people elevate their participation above that vested interest, right? So mm. if people are participating and contributing, you know, in a manner that sure, yeah, creates a, an environment for greater adoption of their particular technology or delivering on their problem, it'll flow down and there'll be greater impact for society as a whole. So that's the kind of key thing, broad participation and, you know, participate above any vested interest mm. you may have. Yeah. Now that's some great advice and great generally to apply. And we'll put the details for the IOTAA in the show notes of this episode for people to check out if they want to get involved, not just for the vendors, but for anyone really within healthcare that have an interest in learning more or providing some more information to help shape what it looks like in healthcare. So thank you guys for joining and uh, look forward to keeping in touch uh, in 2022 and beyond. Thanks, Pete. And listen, truth be told, the reason that I got involved in IOTAA is so I could be interviewed by you. So it's been a pleasure. <laughs> there you go. You can tick it off. All right. <laughs> hey, thanks, Pete. This has been great. Good fun. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. Check out talkinghealthtech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen. <laughs>